listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. How goes it? Good? Good. Um, So we survived the winter of 2022. we, uh, uh, I can't say so much for our friends up north. I work with a lot of folks who are, um, you know, north of, uh, when we say up north, we're saying north of Kentucky, okay? Um, and they had um, some, some snow come through, and uh, to hear them say it, it was supposed to be like, they were told like for days, there's going to be like mountains of snow. And uh, some of them got... Got a good amount. Some of them didn't. And uh, every call I was on this week, they would always ask, so how much snow are you expecting? And I said, Z- between zero and 17 inches tomorrow. Um, and, you know, they, they have no pity for us when we say it's cold outside. I mean, it got down into the 20s last week for like three seconds. And um, they, they have no, they have, they don't, you know. And they, yet they subject themselves. They ask me. And um, I have to tell them, right? And uh, they still ask. And, and, you know, it's their fault um, because all you got to do is get on I-75 south out of Cincinnati, right? And <laughs> it will uh, bring you right here to us. Um, but um, it's good to see everybody this morning. If you are a visitor, first time uh, visitor here at Oasis, we want to say welcome to you. It's, it's a pleasure to, to have you with us. Um, and we do have something that we would like you to, um, to take home with you, uh, a gift. So if you fill out some information, um, there's uh, these black bags on this uh, uh, this table right behind us in front of the sound booth. Um, we'd like you to have that, and we want to say thank you for being here this morning. If, as Pastor Kevin will tell you, if you've been here more than once, then you're part of us. Um, in other words, no more free coffee cups. Uh, once you come. Um, but um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed this morning to be able to share the word uh, with you this morning. If, if you don't know, Pastor Kevin takes one month out of every year in the month of February, he goes into children's church and he, and he um, ministers to them. You know, he's part, they are part of our congregation and he um, thinks it's important, as, as we all do, that he take time to, 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 um, to, to feed them and to, to build relationship with them. So that's where he is this month. Um, there'll be a number of us from here in the congregation who will be sharing the word with you this, um, this month. Um, I drew the, uh, the short straw, the long straw, however you want to look at it, to get the first week. Um, but there'll be others. Um, Greg Morris will be sharing with us. Um, Mike Kennan will be sharing with us. And Michael Shannon as well. So um, very blessed to have... Um, uh, men who um, are are willing and able to stand uh, in the pulpit and and share the word of God. So we're going to continue down our path of the book of Luke. Chapter um, we're going to go into chapter fourteen this week. Um, there's quite a bit that we're we're biting off, and hopefully we can share with you some some practical things, some learn a little bit about the word, but um, but share ways that we can apply it to our lives and our uh, every day. So before we do, um, we we'd like to uh, read. 
uh, the scripture beforehand, what we've been doing is having different ones from the congregation come and read, share a little bit about where they're serving, and, uh, and then read the scripture. So this month, each, each person who's standing is going to stand and read the scripture, share with you a little bit about ourselves and where we serve at the church. Um, and then we'll get into the message. So um, if, you, if we don't know each other, my name is Chad Greer. Um, I serve on, um, well, I, I try to play the piano, uh, the keyboard in, in the worship band um, every Sunday. I also um, serve as part of, as a board member of the church and, um, and fill in whenever I can here. So um, again, it's great to see you this morning. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 14. Verses 1 through 24. Um, if you'd like, we're reading from the um, English Standard Version. It's also available on Version and through the Oasis app, if you'd like to follow along this morning. So, Luke chapter 14, verse 1. It says, One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox, that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now, he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you'll begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited... Go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet... Do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just." When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servants, 
Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you've commanded has been done and still there's room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. May, may he add his richest blessings to his reading, and uh, let's go to Lord in prayer uh, before we get into the message this morning. Father, we love you. God, we do thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the lessons that are within it, um, things that we can use to apply to our lives. And God, we just pray that you would open our eyes um, to be able to understand, Lord, our, our ears to understand, our mind to, to receive, our heart to accept, God, what you uh, would have us to say today, and Lord, what you would have us to hear God, we just pray that you'll be with your, uh, with your word, Lord, with your, uh, with your messenger this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. So, how many of you have used GPS? Uh, do you know what that means? Global Positioning System, right? GPS. Um, there you used to be, um, you had to have a, an expensive device you'd buy in the truck stops. <laughs> uh, what was the name of that, um, that device? What was it? Garmin. Yeah, Garmin had one. Thank you. I, I heard a bunch of stuff. I couldn't. And Garmin was, was one of those. And, and you would have a, the device and you would, at where you were going, it would give you directions of where to go. I, I think it's cool. Sometimes you can change the voice of those things. You know, so you can get instructions by, you know, I don't know who, Yoda. Yoda can give you instructions of where to turn. Just a little backwards, but he can give you instructions. Um, George Clooney can give you some instructions, you know, where to turn. <laughs> but it's really cool. GPS can give you these turn-by-turn instructions. I remember um, way, way back when we would take a trip, we would come to Florida with mom, and, and they would sometimes go to AAA. And AAA would give you um, an atlas or give you turn-by-turn instructions to how to get there. And you had to actually know how to read a map. I think that's a, that is a, a, a skill that's being lost on us, of how to actually read the map and how to fold a map. That's what arguments used to be about. How do you fold the map and get it back into the, uh, back into the glove compartment? Um, it should have been called the map department because nobody puts gloves in there. It's always maps. Um, and car registrations, uh, and oil change receipts, and, you know, and straws, and ketchup from McDonald's, you know, there's all that kind of stuff. Um, but I digress. GPS is one of those things we've started to rely on in, um, in getting anywhere. And it not, not only is it important to understand where you are, but where you want to end up. You got to give those two pieces of information to the GPS. Where are you and where are you going? And then it can give you some instructions. Um, it's really helpful when you're in an area that you're not so familiar with. Right? I mean, that's kind of the purpose. Where, where is this? How do I turn? But have you, ever, have you ever gotten bad directions from GPS? Yeah. I, one time I was in an area I wasn't sure and it was telling me, turn left. And I look up and there's a one-way sign going that way. And uh, it's like, um, that if I turn left, I'm going the wrong way, and uh, so GPS was bad. And you go back past that, and what does GPS do? It starts yelling at you. You missed your turn, recalculating directions. You know, and it, it finally it gets you there if you'll, if you'll be patient. 
I read a story about a woman who, um, she was driving, it was late at night, it was kind of stormy, and she was following GPS. She wasn't familiar with the area, and it told her turn by turn where to go. She went right down a boat ramp and into the lake. She got out okay, her car didn't, but it, bad directions. Have you ever gotten bad directions? Well, in this portion of scripture, we see that the Pharisees are giving bad directions to, to those that are around. They're giving bad advice and bad directions. So for us this morning, in this portion of scripture, GPS stands for the Grand Pharisee System. <laughs> GPS, the Grand Pharisee, Pharisee System. So it says one, uh, one Sabbath when he went to dine at the house of the ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. They were looking for things to judge him and to catch him on. And as, as they were dining, there was a man that was there who had dropsy. Um, now, dropsy is one of those things you don't hear too much anymore. If you Google dropsy, you'll see that there's a condition called dropsy with fish, which I didn't know. What dropsy basically is, is swelling. Today, in modern time, we call it edema. And it is a, um, a condition that it's the outward signs of an internal problem. Kind of like sin in our life, right? It's, it's this outward sign that things are going wrong internally. You can't quite pinpoint what it is. But this man had drops. He had swelling. It doesn't tell us where his swelling was. It's often in the feet and in the legs. Sometimes it's swelling in the chest cavity. And there's different kinds of swelling. What we've learned is that that swelling comes from things like a heart condition or liver or kidney function is, is, is wrong. And it causes the body to start swelling. Look up some pictures of dropsy and you'll see sometimes they swell so bad and you push on the skin and it will leave an indentation in the skin. It was one of those things in those times that it was a death sentence, an eventual death sentence. It was a slow death. It wasn't something that required immediate attention. They weren't going to drop like right now, but if left untreated, it was fatal. They didn't have the treatment options to understand what the underlying cause was that needed to be treated. And so this man was at dinner. You know what I noticed? They ate a lot, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, a lot of these stories is they were, um, they were at Sunday brunch. <laughs> uh, they, they had gone to church, and now afterwards the Pharisees say, well, let's come to my house. We're going we're gonna to have dinner and we're going we're gonna to talk and, and we're going to invite Jesus because we want to see if we can catch him in something. And that's exactly what had happened here. Now, this isn't the first time that a man needed healing in Jesus' presence of the Pharisees. And it's not the first time that it happened on a Sabbath. If you'll recall, a few chapters back, Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath. And they're like, oh, you can't do that. You're working on the Sabbath and you can't do that. And actually, verse chapter 13, that, that Kevin talked about last week, there was a man, or it was a woman last week, who had some condition, and Jesus healed, and the Pharisees stood up and said, no, you can't do that, it's the Sabbath day. And so now here we are, another Sabbath, there's somebody there with dropsy, Jesus sees him, and he's like, okay, well, I got a question, 
Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And they didn't say anything. Now, did they say, not say anything because, number one, they wanted to catch him in something. They wanted him to do it so that they could say, see, was that why? I don't know. Were they caught and they remember what he said last time? Like, he's just going to do it anyway. So, so you know, should we, should we even say anything? But they, they didn't say anything. And the scripture says that they remained silent. He took him and healed him, sent him on his way. And he said to them, which of you have a son or an ox? Falls in a well on the Sabbath. It's not going to get him out. Which of you? Now, (laughs) this man was not on the verge of death. Just like falling in a well. If somebody falls in a well, unless they died instantaneously, they can survive down there for a little while. Right? You remember a few years ago, so those of you with the same color hair as me will remember, there was a little girl who fell into a well. I don't remember if it was in Indiana or Illinois or somewhere like that. And, um, and it was all over the news. And they, they worked for days to get her out. And I remember watching the news, and they finally got her out. She survived. And, but she was there for days. Um, do you remember that? And, and it, was, it was heart-wrenching, you know, to think that, here she's down there. She's all by herself. I just picture this. Like, so, so Jesus is asking them, it's like, how many of you are going to have a son or, or an ox? Or what I would say is, if you got a son or, or your dog, your pet, that you're, you're out in the backyard, you're, you're playing on, on, you know, Sabbath afternoon, and they fall in a well. So picture this. Hey, dad says, hey, son, go deep. I'm going to throw you the ball. And the son says, watch how fast I am, dad. And he takes off running. And you say, hey, look out for the well. And the kid goes, ah, ah, splash. And you run over, you look in the well, say, hey, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I think I broke something. It's uh, It's cold. It's wet down here. I'm holding on to the side of the well. I don't want to drown. Um, it's cold and it's dark. Yeah, help me. Get me out of here. And dad says, okay, son, hold. you just hold on. I'll be back tomorrow. I mean, it's Sabbath. What do you want me to do? We can throw a football. You fell in the well. It's tomorrow, bro. Um, nah. None of us would do that. And that's kind of the... Uh, that's what Jesus asked them. I was just a little more descriptive with it. But, but he said, how many of you, if you had somebody fall in the well, that you would not get them out immediately? Now, understand, they're not, this guy with the dropsy is not going to dropsy today. But he will. And how many of you, you see somebody in a problem that you're going to just let it go? You're not. And they, when he asked them, they said, Mm, I got nothing. Yeah, you're right. I would do that. So next, Jesus gives some advice. Oh, he's, he's sitting there this, this dinner, and he's watching. He's watching the comedy of everybody coming in and sitting down 
and somebody coming over and saying, pss, 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 and then they get up, head, you know, moving, and they, they, this whole thing. And he's, he's watching this, um, what I call the guest positioning system, GPS. So in this portion, the guest positioning system, it says, Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you're invited by someone to a wedding, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you, invited by him, um, show up and you get asked to move. And, and it's good advice, right? Good advice. So I first started reading, like, yeah, that's, that's a that's some probably some real good advice, but what's the spiritual application of that, Lord? Um, because I've been there. <laughs> I've sat in the wrong place, whether it be, you know, tickets at, at some place, and you sit down in the wrong place, and then somebody else comes up and says, hey, excuse me, you're in my seat, and you look, you're like, oh, oops, and then you got that look of uh, dread on your face. You walk away as everybody's like, man, that guy can't read. <laughs> you know, or, or look at him. He's trying to get something that he's not supposed to have. Right? But I've also been on the other side of that, um, of that feeling. Uh, one time, uh, Ange and I went to uh, see Phantom of the Opera. Right? And we, get it, we had the nosebleed seats. <laughs> you know? and, and we get there and we start, here's our tickets. You know, tell us where where to go? How do we get? Is there a ladder you give us to get up there? What do you do? And they're like, oh, um, would you like to have your seats upgraded? I'm like, well, yes, I would. And uh, she, well, follow me. She gets her little light out and starts walking us down. And we're like, okay, we're not up there anymore. We're down here. And then she walks us down to the orchestra session. And we, we keep walking and we keep walking. And I'm like, look at that. Yes, sir. And uh, enjoy, enjoy the show. And we had, we had great seats, and I didn't have to pay the great seat price. It was wonderful. Um, you buy what you can afford, and then sometimes, um, you know, you'll get upgraded. It happened with another thing we went to, too, didn't it? It's really cool. Um, one time, um, me and my father-in-law, um, I call him Pop. Um, I'm Pop Pop because I'm the second. I'm Pop Pop. He's Pop. Um, one time, uh, Pop and I got an opportunity to go see Ohio State get absolutely pummeled by the Clemson Tigers in the Orange Bowl. Is Greg in here still? No. They, they, they killed us. Sammy Watson, what's his name? Sammy Watson, Watkins, you know what I'm talking about? Sammy, Sammy, go Sammy, go. One thing I learned about the Clemson Tigers at that game is they have short memories. They cannot remember how to spell Clemson unless they spell it out, out loud together every three minutes. Ah, that was a, that was not, it was, it was a fun game, but in that, in that game, so it was a friend of mine whose husband is a uh, Miami-Dade motorcycle cop. Um, The California motorcycle cops have a better name. They call them Chips, remember the Chips? Um, But this is in Miami-Dade, and he's, he's one of those guys that every year, he's part of the motorcade that escorts the team's to the stadium, and they give um, they give them free tickets to to the game. And um, I'm, I'm she called me. She says, "Hey, my husband's got these tickets, and we're not interested in going. We know you're a Ohio State fan. Would you 
would you like them? And I'm like, yeah, buddy, how much? And she said, well, they're free to us, so they're free to you. I said, I can afford that. And uh, so, absolutely. So me and Pop, we, we drove down to, to Miami. We, we meet him um, somewhere, you know, out away from the stadium. He gives us the tickets. And he says, so do you have, a, do you have parking arranged? I'm like, well, no. He was like, all right, follow me. So he gets on his bike, turns the lights on, and I start following him. And he's stopping traffic. And he's taking us right on down into the stadium, right at the stadium, parking lot right in front of the stadium, just stopping everything. Lights are on. Everybody's looking like, who in the world is that? Just me, you know. But man, it made you feel like you're just, oh, wow, that was really cool Um, for free. And by the way, the seats they gave them was not like the nosebleed seats. We were literally the sixth row off the 20-yard line. On the Clemson side. But, you know, we were the sixth row, 20-yard line. It was, it was really cool. Um, but it gives you that feeling. And I understand what Jesus was trying to say is that when you're going to that feast, um, he was seeing people come in and go sit down in place like, hey, that's the best seat. I'm going to go sit down there. And then somebody else would come along and the, and the host would be like, eh, you know, I really need this person to sit here. Can you? And so he was saying, but if you do that and the host comes to you and says, I need you to move. The only thing that's left is the worst seat in the house. So you are going to feel embarrassed. And you're going to be humbled with your head dropped as you scurry your way back. Nobody look at me. Um, I guess I wasn't as important as that dude. And so I thought I was going to have a great, No. But what Jesus says is when you go in, sit at the lowest spot. That way, the host comes out and he sees you. He's like, my friend, what are you doing all the way back? I have a seat for you up here. And he takes you up and he sits you down. And the others at the table are like, wow, that guy, he must be really something. I want to get to know him. You know, so that was, the, that was the, the imagery. But the lesson is in humility. It's... Don't think more of yourself, number one, maybe others think of you. What's in between the lines there is um, sit at the very last spot. That way when you're recognized, you get moved up. But what if you're not? You kind of know where you stand, don't you? Um, Maybe I didn't get pulled all the way up there. So you have reality as to... Humility in your life. Humility is not about thinking bad of yourself. Humility is thinking more of others. Preferring other people to yourself. Understanding that there are people that they thrive on that. In this world that we live in, it's all about fame. Whether it's whether it's prestigious fame or um, notoriety. It doesn't matter if it comes from good things or bad things, as long as you got fame. Um, riches, possessions, social media likes. You know, how many friends you got on Facebook? How many, I'm sorry, Facebook is so old school. Latin, Instagram and TikTok, right? How many People are fans on TikTok, Instagram. Is there another one? Not right now? 
Yeah, see, he's getting old. He don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, but it's, it's all about perception of people trying to lift themselves up to feel good. And in this, what the, what the advice is, is use the guest positioning system. You, you go in and you prefer others to yourselves and you'll be exalted. Because in the kingdom of God, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. If you go in thinking you're hot stuff, guess what? You're going to be knocked down a few. Because there's only one that's really important, and that's Christ. So that was that portion of Scripture. The lesson is in humility. And so I think there's, there's some real good application there. So listen to what Jesus says next to the man who invited him to this dinner. He said, he also, also said to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or brothers or relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you'll be repaid the resurrection of the just. Um, anybody watch sport news, sports news? Yeah, um, I get it sometimes, um, you know, through different feeds or whatnot. I don't, I don't normally go out searching for it. Sometimes when I click a new tab on my web browser, it gives me like, headlines and stuff and something will catch my eye and I'm like oh so I, I go down a rabbit trail for about half an hour of you know so I actually on my work computer I've turned that content off because I get sidetracked and um so I, I'm, I'm I saw a news article this past week that caught my attention as I was studying for this um it it fit perfectly Chad Ochocinco Johnson y'all know who that is um he used to play for the Bengals Cincinnati Bengals Go Bengals. Um, they're my team for the Super Bowl next weekend. Hoorah. I'm with you, Nathan. Me and you, we're going to ride Bengals. Who day, right? Who day? Um, well, Chad Ochocinco Johnson was, was hosting a Pro Bowl breakfast at IHOP. <laughs> and nobody showed up. Yeah. None of them. He invited the pro bowlers from different teams to come. And I don't know if they just don't like IHOP or, or what, but what they told him was, it's too early. That breakfast's too early. We want to sleep in. And he's like, come on. You guys have been at team meetings all year at 630. And I'm like, Chad, that's the point. They want to sleep in, bro. You know? But, but no joke, he posted on Twitter or somewhere him sitting at IHOP all by himself having breakfast. Now, had he used the guest positioning system <laughs> or taken this advice from Jesus, instead of inviting all those people who could have paid for their own breakfast, maybe he should have went out and invited the homeless and, and the crippled and the less fortunate to come and have a breakfast with him for the Pro Bowl, and he would not have eaten alone. Now, now Chad, I, I've seen some, some posts, and you know, you don't... I, Chad, if, you, if you're watching, um, Jesus loves you, and I know you know that. Um, but uh, I'm not 
you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, um, next time, invite some different folks, and you might have a different kind of party. And just what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I didn't come for those who think they can take care of it by themselves. That's not what I came for. And you know what? You think you're blessed when you have the party and you invite all the people that are, you know, that you think you should invite. And they can repay you. Next week, they'll host. That's not being blessed. Sure, you're blessed to have, don't misunderstand me. Sure, you're blessed to have friends and family and neighbors who, who has each other back and is there for each other. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I think we misunderstand what blessed means in this context. When he says, you think you're blessed, but they can repay you. That's not God's blessing that they invited you to dinner next week because you invited them. That's repayment. But instead, invite those who can't pay you back, and you will be blessed. Isn't that what it says? Invite them who cannot repay you, and you will be blessed, because you will be repaid by who? By God. That's the blessing. And it might not come in this life. It'll be repaid, the resurrection of the just. That's when the crowns are giving out. It's not, Chad, Johnson, listen. When you invite all those folks, don't post on Twitter that you invited all these people and look at what all the good that you're doing because you got, what you, you got your, your repayment. But do it so that nobody knows, so that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Then you'll be blessed. Amen? It's not my word. That's the word of the Lord. So it brings us to this next portion of Scripture. It says, so it's verse 15. There's, there's always some of these in the crowd. I don't know quite how to take this. It says, um, when one of those who reclined at table with him. So it's a couple of things that, that we kind of know about about this guy. Um, first, Jesus was probably in a position of honor. Um, he was invited guest, probably sitting in a position of honor as the Pharisee was there. I mean, they wanted him to be front and center. They wanted everybody to see him. They were trying to catch him, remember? And so he's there. So there was another person who was considered in the ranks, who was sitting there at table with him, they're reclined back, you know, and he feels compelled. Ah, blessed. Listen, he says, um, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know if he was looking for brownie points or, or what he was doing, but what he was saying wasn't wrong. That's true. It is a true statement. But why he just, he's sitting there and, and he's saying, you know, invite the cripple and the poor and all this. Blessed are they who, and, and he's like, okay. Since you brought it up, that Jesus has a way of knowing our heart and getting to the heart of the matter. He said, well, since you brought it up, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. 
And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. And everybody started making excuses. Read it. Oh, I need to go out and stare at an empty piece of ground that I just bought. I got to go look at some empty land. Can't be there. Sorry. Another person. I bought a whole bunch of, of oxen. And I need to go make sure that they're actually oxen. So I can't be there. Please. Please. Uh, excuse me. And then this other dude said, well, my wife won't let me come. <laughs> That's what I said, right? No, he said, I got married, and I have a wife, and she won't let me come. Uh, uh, but they started making all these excuses as to why they can't make it. And uh, Jesus says that the master of the house began getting angry. And he's like, well, to the servants, go out quickly to the streets and bring in the poor and the cripple and the lame and the blind. And the servant's like, we've already done that, and there's still room. So he said, okay, then go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be full because these who decline my invitation will not eat of my banquet. What does that mean? What's this parable? What, what is Jesus trying to get across? Well, I think, you know, Jesus came to a lost and a dying world. And the very ones who should have known and should have recognized who he was, who he is, because of their study of the scriptures, they were scholars in, in the word, they should have been able to put together who he was, and yet they rejected him time and time and time again. As a matter of fact, he's at this very feast, and the whole purpose he's there is because they're trying to catch him in something. And Jesus said, listen, you can say blessed are those that enter, but what you've got to understand is you're being invited right now, and all you're doing is giving me excuses. All you're doing is coming up with some reason as to why you can't get with Jesus. Jesus provided the ultimate GPS. God's plan of salvation. And he said, go out and invite them all. That they may dine at my table. You see, there's a great banquet coming. This parable that he gave, Jesus, God is the host. And we're all invited. You're invited. You're invited. You're invited. You're, we're all invited. I wonder how many of us will be found. Well, God, I got, I'm busy. I got, I got work to do. I, I have to mow my grass. I got this big field. I need to mow the grass. Well, Jesus, my, my spouse, they don't believe. So what am I supposed to do? But, but Jesus, I, I, I would like to follow you, but 
And you know what he says here? The invitation is extended. But if you reject it, the closing words of this verse, for I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. You've been invited, and I would ask you, are you rejecting the invitation? Giving excuses as to why you can't attend. The Messiah was there, and friend, the Messiah is here, and he's inviting. Come, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, eat at my table. He demonstrates his love and his care for all of us. Not just those who are in places of high honor and distinction. Nope. From the head of the table to the footstool, Jesus cares. The outcast, the sick, the poor, the lame, he's compelling all to come. Share the gospel with all who will hear. Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come so that my house may be full. He makes it clear that the invitation is extended. However, there will not be opportunity to change your mind once the door is closed. I have been to an elementary school um, play, presentation, event, and had to run to the restroom. You know me. Had to go to the restroom at intermission. And you better get back before the next act starts because when they close the doors, eh, sorry, but my kid's about to sing. No, you wasn't back. We cannot open the door once the next act starts. Now, at the elementary school, <laughs> is that strict? I'm telling you, when the door closes, the door's closed. And it might be the return of Christ. It might be on the way home from church today. When the door closes, it's closed. Have you heard his invitation? Have you said maybe later? There's another scripture that says today is the day of salvation. And there's a reason for that. It's, it's not tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised that we'll get another opportunity or another breath. Today is the day of salvation. We're not promised a seat at the table once the banquet begins. But you can make your reservation today. You can connect to God's plan of salvation, to his GPS, and find your crystal clear directions of how to get there. 
steep, but important. My friend, I, I pray that if you don't know Christ, that before today is out, that you will accept him in your heart and your life so that you can have that blessed assurance that we sang about earlier. Some practical application. The scripture will never steer you wrong. Study it, read it, know it. But let me say this, how it's interpreted and applied can be wrong. And we see this here with the, with the Pharisees. Their GPS was all messed up. They had all, all the wrong instructions, all the wrong directions and turns. Um, so it's important as a believer that you get the word of God for yourself and you read it and you study it and you apply it. And if you don't understand, ask questions, pray about it, go to somebody and, and search, search the scripture and search the answer for yourself. You know, in, in all of history, that wasn't always available. It, it used to be it used to be illegal for anyone but the religious leaders to have a copy of this. And there's people who, who have bled and, and died literally terrible deaths so that we could have this copy. We live in a, in a time that's just so incredible. And we have no excuses. The invitation's here. Here's your invitation. Beware of the traps of pride and arrogance. And that piece of, remember where you should sit and where you should go, that guest positioning system. Put yourself, God, where would you have me to be? I'm not above anyone. I, I don't know. The, the older I get, the more I realize what I don't know. Isn't that true? I mean, the younger I was, the more I thought I knew. But the older I get, the more I realize I don't, uh, the more I realize I really don't know. Um, plug in to God's GPS. Humility. To be humble, as I said earlier, is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking more about others. Preferring somebody else above myself. I tell you. I would rather hear Eugene sing than me. Absolutely would. But I know Eugene feels the same way. It's, no? <laughs> he and I is going to have a conversation, right? <laughs> I know Eugene is, is humble. Um, and it's not about me being seen. It's about us worshiping God. That's what it's about. It's about preferring somebody else above, above myself. Um, next, how have you reached out to those around you that may be struggling or needing help? So in the practical application of, of, of inviting those who are, who are less fortunate, um, what are you doing? How can you help others more? We have a number of ways at Oasis Church to help you find a place to start with that. Whether that is um, through our Oasis care team, um, who've been a blessing to our family um, numerous times, um, and, and, and even right now with Annalia's um, birth, and um, 
the meals that are being provided to Andrea and Ty and, and their family um, is just a blessing. It's a way that, um, that the church is, is helping. Um, I want to say thank you um, to you all for that. Um, but there's, there's the mission of Winter Haven that, that we partner with. There's the refuge. Um, there are so many other areas. I know Steve and Candy are, are very involved with, um, there you are, <laughs> um, are very involved with the refuge um, and, and a number of things. So many of you are. Uh, so many of you all are. Um, and, and these are ways that the church has organized to help you plug in and get started. But it doesn't have to be just about the church partnerships. It can be your own. And, and nobody has to know. You and God. It's a heart condition. We appreciate um, our church. We appreciate Pastor Kevin and, um, and, and all of you. Each week we get to worship with. Um, I hope that you, you'll take the words this week and, um, and be able to apply it um, practically to your heart, to your lives. Um, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And um, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We thank him for his message and challenge him to challenge ourselves to, um, to heed his words. Father, we love you, God. We thank you for, uh, for your word this week. God, we just pray that you will um, continue to bring it to our minds, not, not just during this service, but Lord, as we go home um, and as we encounter things, uh, remind us of the GPS, all the various instructions and directions that we get throughout life. Uh, let, remind us to plug into you, God, that you, because you won't steer us wrong. God, you'll send us in the right direction every time. So we just pray as we, as we uh, navigate uh, the roads of life, um, that you, your word will be a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. God, that is our GPS. God, we thank you for all you do for us. In your name we pray. Amen.